Not the boring, generic, milquetoast stuff coming from the network in Connecticut. I'd describe him as the best, obviously. Cattles. He throws it out there. Speaks his mind. That's cool. And Rami. He's supposed to make people laugh. He's just an expert at it. Cattles and Rami. Live and local in the afternoon. Sacktown Sports. You're about ready. It is that is the show, Kettles and Robbie here on Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. Nick just yelled at through the glass. She didn't hear it. He wasn't yelling at her. Just really forty oh, second headlines. A little shorty for yeah. you. Welcome to summer, fellas. <laughs> Sweet 35-second headlines. It was 40, and they want me to get it to 45 seconds. So. Get has, in, Brian, get out. has Brian Gephardt ever tried to get into a studio and wipe down in 45 seconds? I can't believe you're mad at me. You were pretty much ready. God, he's been coming at me all he's feisty day today. long. I know. Hey, look, Nick didn't sweep well last night. I'm on about four hours of sleep, okay? About get, four get hours of sleep. Get the warmed up, Rami. <laughs> going to be 105 degrees in a couple days. <laughs> a lot of stuff's happening here. Yeah, I'm not leaving the house. Starting oh. tomorrow. <laughs> Inexcusable 35-second headline by Simone. I thought it was well done. It back. was about 40 seconds. She got it all in there. The Kings have done nothing. There's nothing going on right now. I'm Simone Rickford. That's your update here on Sacktown. They held a so big rude. press conference for Jalen Slauson and Colby Jones. There could have been a soundbite in there, Simone. That, there that were soundbites in there if you guys oh. listened and cared. <laughs> there was a press God. conference earlier today, and uh, breaking news, Kobe Jones, happy to be here. <laughs> we happy have, to be here. Light we the beam, baby. Breaking news that just came in in the last two minutes. I saw that. Saw yeah. That. We could talk about Jordy Fernandez coaching Canada. He's a head coach. Fine. I'll add it to the next one. Look at that. Yeah, not that big a deal. I mean, congratulations to Jordy. But... You want that as a headline or no? <laughs> I couldn't care less now because I'm already in the studio and I'm set now. The, the the pivotal one is at the top of the show. You can you can talk about whatever. You can I talk say about. Throw, I say throw it in there, Simone. Yeah. Okay. Talk you. about the yeah. pollen. Do whatever yeah. you got to do at the two o'clock. I'm not talking about pollen at two o'clock. <laughs> she says I got attitude. You hear that? I'm not talking about pollen at two o'clock. It's going to be a good show today. Yeah, you, you all said it. I don't know why you had to say pollen that way. It's going to be a fun show today. A little bit of edge to the pollen. A little bit of edge. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you and yours. Cattles and Rami, Sackdown Sports. And uh, we continue to get ready for NBA free agency. Rami, as Friday is coming closer and closer. And we wonder what's going to happen here. What are the Kings going to do? What are the options that they have? And we go back to the draft last Thursday. That draft night trade opened up all sorts of compelling possibilities, opened up all sorts of flexibility. Here was Monty McNair post-draft on Thursday night. We always value the optionality and flexibility when we can acquire it. Um, And uh, we've got, I think, a really – this was a great season, uh, you know, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, and we, we want to have a long, a long playoff run here and uh, continue to compete. And uh, to do that in today's NBA, you have to be able to, uh, to build your team out, not just in the very near term, but over the course of many years. And so uh, we're, always, we're always having that balance, right? Well, what can we do to add to the team now? But 
how does that affect what we can do going forward? Um, so we think, uh, you know, what we were able to do tonight, what we've done uh, going back to the deadline in past years uh, will give us a lot of options, not just this summer, but as we get into next year. Flexibility. Flexibility is the word. Jake Fisher, Yahoo Sports, had a ton of notes. Shout out to Jake Fisher, by the way. It's Man, almost it like, working. like every 36 hours, this guy has three pages of NBA notes. 3, and he's usually words. dead on. Yeah. Terrific at what he does. Everybody talks about Woj and Shams. Jake Fisher doing work. And here's what he had to write about the Kings. Barnes' likely departure, of course, talking about HB, from Sacramento. Likely departure, by the way. So there you have it there. Coupled with the Kings creating roughly $35 million in cap space following the draft night trade of Rashawn Holmes and the number 24 pick to Dallas, has rival front offices, Rami, wondering what big swing the Kings are planning in free agency. Outright selling a first-round pick for savings, even in this economy, chuckle, chuckle, hearty, hearty, har, left many league personnel of the mind that Sacramento has a specific move up its sleeve, not just renegotiating and extending to Montes Sabonis. Rami, what does Monty have up his sleeve? It, it's got to be something, right? Like he's he has to be. He's right when when he says that. You're not just doing that just just to do that. It's, but Nick, I. I just wonder if it's if it's just one guy. You know what I mean? He he makes it sound like it's one guy. Like Monty has one guy that he knows he's going to take a big swing at as soon as free agency opens this Friday. If I was if I was going to guess just of putting the pieces together of what's out there on the free agent market of what they need, if I was going to take a guess, I I think that if it's one guy then it's it's Kyle Kuzma that and and that seems to be where more and more of the of the buzz is going around the Kings and and who they might target this offseason. You just look at what they need positionally, what they need in terms of the the traits and characteristics of a basketball player, and he he brings a lot of that. You would like a little bit better three point shooting, but they got other three point shooters, and he's not a terrible three point shooter. Brings a little defense, brings a little rebounding, some athleticism, some size in terms of of that 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 wing that that we've been talking about that they need. He seems to be the fit that's in their price range. I agree with you that the Draymond Green thing doesn't make as much sense. You were talking about yesterday as as a lot of people would make it out to be. But Nick, whatever it is, I got to believe that. There is also, we've talked throughout the season, usually when we're talking about Sasha Vizankov, that there's a plan A, but right. if you're good at your job, there's a plan B and a plan C that you think also could get you where you're trying to go if plan A doesn't necessarily come through. So here's what I was thinking today. Everybody thinks that this card up the sleeve that Monty has is Kyle Kuzma. That's pretty much everybody's guess on Twitter. It's Kuzma. It's Kuzma. They're Maybe I'm, Kuzma. It might be recency bias. A little prisoner of the moment because that's the hot name that people are talking about now. Now, we'll talk about Kuzma in the 3 o'clock hour. But what if we took a stab and said that it's actually not Kyle Kuzma? What if all this smoke is just smoke? How many times has Monty McNair made a trade or a pick and we knew exactly what he was going to do? Uh, pretty much never, right? Nobody saw Domas for Halliburton. Nobody saw that. Nobody saw it coming. There weren't even a lot of people talking about them moving out of the first round on Thursday night last week. Monty's a close-to-the-vest kind of guy. So it, it almost feels like to me that there's so much Kuzma talk 
I'm starting to feel like it's not going to be Kuzma because it's just too much out there. And it seems almost too predictable. Now, I couldn't end up being wrong. But I just feel like there's too much Kuzma talk. So I wonder if this is a front court guy that's not Kuzma. I wonder if the the card up the sleeve of Monty is somebody who is not Kuzma that represents a definite upgrade over HB. I wonder if that's who we're talking about. There's there's just too much smoke surrounding Kuzma right now. Do you have a name? Because I have another name that I think is along the lines of what you're describing. It really depends on, if we're talking free agency, if Monty's willing to dip his toe into restricted free agency. If Monty thinks that he can parachute in and offer Cam Johnson a ridiculous contract that Brooklyn is not going to match, could be him. Could be somebody like Grant Williams. And they say, hey, we want to have two guys instead of one guy, and we can get Grant for $16, 17000000 million, and we still have $20 million left, and we think Grant Williams is an upgrade over Harrison Barnes. I, I, do you think that Kyle Kuzma is a Mike Brown kind of player? Now, I know that he played at L.A. and all that kind of stuff, but people tend to kind of fall into these narratives and these echo chambers during free agency time. Right. I don't know if Kyle Kuzma... Kyle Kuzma is not a very efficient player. Kyle Kuzma is a guy who he's going to play defense when he chooses to play defense. Is that a Mike Brown guy? Does Mike Brown seem to you like the coach who's just going to willingly embrace somebody who has proven to be a very good defender and capable when they want to be, but in in other times just couldn't care less because they're on Washington and ah, who cares about having pride when I'm a wizard? Like, is that the Mike Brown kind of guy? I wouldn't sleep Rami on the trade route. I really wouldn't. You've got tons of cap space. You've got Davion Mitchell. You've got the trade exception. I would just like to tell Kings fans today, there are a lot of options out there. And I feel like for the last week or so, the automatic autopilot answer has been Kyle Kuzma. And I think it might be, see, we're all sitting here, Nick, thinking it's just one guy. And I was just talking about this with with Kyle and Chris on Chris and Company. We're all thinking like that one big swing and that one big free agent that they bring in. What if it's what if it's using this money on on two or three guys or yeah. to bring back Harrison Barnes and bring in Vizankov and and add another piece and and make this team just that much deeper? You know what I mean? There are ways to upgrade a roster, and especially if you think you already have your big three, so to speak. If you think Keegan Murray is going to step into the, being the third guy in a big three with along with Domas and Fox, then then maybe you're looking to to add role players and add to the depth and versatility of this roster more than you're looking to just add one big free agent to this squad. I think that that could be a, a possibility too. A lot of this can be misdirection when we get to this this point yeah, of the calendar. Like, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but usually when you hear of certain things over and over and over again. A lot of times well, it's coming they end from up not somewhere. being true. And right? it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Somebody has an agenda. And if you're Kyle Kuzma, here's something else I'll throw at you. Again, it could easily be Kuzma, and we'll look at this on Friday, and we'll say to ourselves during Friday's show as NBA free agency has been chaotic throughout the day, we'll say, well, everybody said it was Kuzma, and it ended up being Kuzma. How do we feel about it? Could end up happening. But if you're Kyle Kuzma, what's your market? I said this yesterday. Dallas was linked to him. Dallas wants to bring back Kyrie. They're not bringing back Kyrie and signing Kyle Kuzma. It's not happening. Can they work out a deal? Maybe. But what do they have to give? I, you know, what are you going to do? 
Like, Kuzma's already an unrestricted free agent. So what are you looking at here, right? So that was one team that was linked to him. I see, you know, the Rockets, but the Rockets are linked to like seven to ten dudes. If Same with the Pistons. Pistons have been linked to him. Utah was linked to him, and Utah just brought in John Collins. They're not going to bring in Kyle Kuzma. Be the biggest roster ever. So it feels to me similar to Draymond Green. What's the link, Mike Brown? What's the link, this thought that, oh, they they want to bring in somebody who, who Brown knows? Maybe not. Maybe all of this Kuzma smoke with the Kings is coming from Kuzma's camp because Kuzma's camp knows this guy wants $30 million a year and ain't nobody going to pay $30 million a year. So he's oh, trying to throw somebody, out the King's name. I think somebody is going to. Oof. And, and, and when, you, when you think about it, We're too. We're going to be saying that a lot on Friday. When Oof. You, when you when think we, of, when some of them Watch what James Harden and what Fred Van Vliet get paid. When you think about the other part, you have to understand that the Kings have the third most cap space right now in the NBA. And every single solitary free agent who wants the bag is going to leak out the Sacramento Kings. Because that's the team they can throw out there that can sign them for $30 million a year. Oh, well, Kuzma's, Kuzma's hot on Sacramento. And Sacramento's hot on Kuzma. Oh, Draymond Green's hot on Sacramento. Sacramento's hot on Draymond Green. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it's Kuzma and Draymond playing games trying to get leverage on the team that's actually going to sign them mm-hmm. because they know the Kings have a ton of space. That's good agent work. Just something to think about. Your thoughts. What do you think is up Monty's sleeve? Rival executives believe Monty's got something up his sleeve. It's coming up this week. Your thoughts. 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. YouTube. YouTube.com. Sacktown Sports 1140. Hit us up with your reaction. What do you think is up Monty's sleeve? Is it Kyle Kuzma or is it something else? Is something else around the corner? Get your reaction on that and much more in 90 seconds. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles. And Rami. On Sackdown Sports. I just tweeted out at Nick C Radio. You can follow Rami as well. There's a lot of clickety-clacking going on over there. (laughs) At Rami is tweeting. I'm starting to think that all this Kuzma Green King stuff is a smokescreen. Monty plays it too close to the vest. It is smokescreen season. It is. And the NBA, for sure. And, you know, are Kuzma and Green and their reps, are they using this cap space that the Kings have as leverage to get a deal elsewhere? I don't know. It could be Occam's razor, right? The the most obvious and simple answer is the answer. Could be that Draymond Green and Kyle Kuzma are legitimately interested in joining the Kings, and the Kings have the cap space, so other executives are talking and saying, yeah, they're going to go to Sacramento. Or it could be Monty, who has historically been a dude who doesn't leak much, it could be a case of, of Monty being quiet and this echo chamber being created by everybody else, and now we're swept up in the storm of it's going to either be Kyle Kuzma or Draymond Green. Maybe it's Cam Johnson. Maybe he tries an RFA route. Maybe it's Grant Williams. Maybe it's a trade that absolutely nobody has even brought up or thought about. 
kind of like, I don't know, Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. Maybe that's what we're seeing, Rami. Maybe. Draymond Beam, YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. Listening from LeBron's <laughs> Chateau in La France. Oh. Yes. Tell him we say hi. Get me Brooke Lopez. Or bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Get me uh, Brooke Lopez and Sasha and let's win the chip. Sounds like Rami. The Brooke Lopez take. Yes, sir. Maybe it's Brooke Lopez. Maybe it is Brooke Lopez. I think How? If, here's the I think question. if it's Brooke Lopez, it can be Brooke Lopez and somebody, maybe bringing back Harrison Barnes. Simone. How insufferable will Rami be if the if the uh, card up the sleeve, if the trick up the sleeve for Monty is Brooke Lopez? Pretty, Pretty insufferable. insufferable. Yeah. yeah. The entire show on Friday is going to be a one big fat I told you so. It's not Draymond Green. It's not Kyle Kuzma. It's Brooke Lopez. I'd be okay with that. Rami Makhlouf or Monty McNair? Oh, my God. Who can tell the difference? I, I told all of now. you. I can see it now. It's going to be awful going to be awful for us as Rami runs around <laughs> telling everybody he had it from the beginning. <laughs> Brutal. Sign Brooke Lopez and re-sign Trey Lyles. Uh, Dwayne Baker. That's uh, a possibility. He, he kind of uh, says what we had been saying last segment about Monty. Dwayne says Monty's not predictable. Maybe a trade for Olenek. Somebody brought up Olenek yesterday. I actually love that idea. I did it as a gag, as a joke. I love because- that idea. He's Kelly Olenek, and he looks like if Bill Walton was born in 1998. Look, if you want to have somebody who is a big and can facilitate a little bit when Domas isn't facilitating. Hit a few threes, right? Yes. Can he? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. One-year contract left. Absolutely. Sure, I'll take Kelly Olenek. He's a three-point shooter. He's a really good passer. I, people sleep on Kelly Olenek. I'm not telling you he's great. But people kind of just look at him like, oh, whatever, kind of a slower, white, big, and, you know, not not much to – the dude can pass. He can shoot. He's got great touch around the bucket. And he's he's actually a pretty decent defender. I wouldn't say a great defender, but he's better defensively than people think. So I don't think Kelly Olynyk is a terrible idea with that trade exception. If you picked up Kelly Olynyk with the trade exception, you still have $35 million in cap space to use. Not too shabby. I'll I think a Linux contract fits perfectly into the trade exception too. Like they created a twelve point three million and his contract's like twelve point four or something. I mean it's it's I wouldn't write that off. I really wouldn't. If somebody said, Oh, Kelly Olinick wouldn't write it off. Mark Rodriguez I be absolutely Brooke Lopez, but sure, Kelly Olenek. I absolutely believe that Rami has friends that are posting in the YouTube chat like Mark Rodriguez who said maybe Brooke Lopez. I don't know, Mark. Liar. Shout out the liar. I really don't. Cattles and Rami here. Sacktown Seems like a great guy. Eleven <laughs> forty. Uh, quickly, uh, another day, Rami. Another day, more Dame Dollar drama. He met with the uh, Blazers yesterday. Here was ESPN's Brian Windhorst on how Dame approached those meetings. Well, this was the meeting that a lot of the league was watching to see if Damian Lilly requested a trade, and he absolutely did not. In fact. From what I understand, the tenor of the meeting was that he doesn't want to put pressure on the Blazers, uh, that he wants to see what they do in free agency, and he's going to give them that time to do that. So this is an interesting strategy move. He said at the end of the season, get me veterans. The draft came and went, no veterans. He is not, he's still not pressing from what I have been told, that he is still going to give the Blazers every opportunity to work through this free agency process this week, whether it's through trades or signing players. 
He's not he's not pressing Portland. Now let's jump ahead, Kyle. Let's jump to Chris Haynes. So, you know, Windhorst also said that the fact that Dame is not really pressing Portland, it might cause other teams that are interested in Dame, we've heard Miami and mm-hmm. other teams, right? That those teams might end up pivoting away from Dame because they're not going to sit around and wait for this guy. Uh, Chris Haynes, who's very tight, very tight with Dame. Here's what he had to say about the situation. Say, you guys know how close I am with Dame. One thing I can say about him, like he doesn't want to be on a team that is just stacked. He doesn't want to. He he doesn't want to have a team where it's just three all stars or three superstars, and then they go and, and battle that way. No, he just wants a team that has a shot. And if you look at the teams that he's, he's been on all throughout his career, he's he's re- never really had a shot. <laughs> what does he want? Can he just crap or get off the pot? I love Dame. Like what? I love Dame, but what? What? At this, I love him too. At this but, point, what the hell does this guy want? Oh, I th- Nick, I and look, man, I fault. I don't fault anybody for whatever their priorities in in life are. Do do what makes you happy. Live your best life. You know what I mean. I think Dame just loves Portland. His family loves Portland. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So he wanted to put a little heat on him to see if he could make the situation better. But whether it got better or it didn't, or they met his demands or they didn't, he was never going to hit the nuclear button and just say the words, I want out. Because that that's what this ultimately would take. I said this to JJ last week. He doesn't want to say he wants out, and the Blazers don't want to move forward and exactly. just say we're going young. Exactly. He's he's not he's not going anywhere. They're just I, sitting there staring at each other. Can you imagine being in these meetings? What what is how many times have these sides talked? Seventy five hundred? Like right. what can Dame possibly say that's new? Like what what is what is there to say? You you either want out or you don't. We're going to have another meeting. Okay. He doesn't. Uh, meeting adjourned. What we what we accomplish? Absolutely nothing. Okay, we'll talk again in two weeks. Like, what? what is happening? Like, there's nothing happening. In this Break. Meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Break. Good see you, Dame, we'll see you in two Good weeks. Good meeting, guys. In, in, in the Haynes report, the Haynes report, to me, that is 100% Dame trying to get ahead of the, oh, he ran for a ring and joined a super team talk. He doesn't want to be the Kevin Durant narrative. So he doesn't want to join a team that has three superstars or three all-stars. It's all semantics games. He wants to go to a place he has a better shot to win. Yeah, which means more talent. Whether that's two all-stars or three all-stars or whatever you're talking about. If he goes to Miami, which he publicly came out and pretty much pleaded and said if they don't win the championship, he'd love to go to Miami and play with his guy Bam Adebayo. Yeah. what's, What's he doing? He's joining a team that was just in the finals. So I think that's him trying to control the message so people don't start to paint him with the, oh, he's chasing a ring and he he joined a super team. He went the easy route, which would be outrageous because he's been in Portland forever. At some point, he's got to make a decision of, no, you know what? I want to win. He, no, he's putting – and I don't fault him, man. He's putting – I don't either. He's putting quality of life, the happiness of his family – that Portland is where he wants to be. It's where yes. he wants to live. It's where he wants to work. And he's got probably, I'm sure, a lot of friends there. And- it's Mike Trout. Yeah. Everybody complains about Mike Trout and how the Angels have done him wrong. Mike Trout made the decision he wants to stay. Yeah. He wants to stay with the Angels. Dan like- doesn't want to go anywhere. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not serious. He's not serious about really wanting, wanting, wanting out of there. He's, he's <laughs> like, he's like the the boyfriend or the girlfriend who's just like. 
If you don't change this, I'm going to go. I was just going to say that. And J- JJ compared it last week to that couple that always seems like they're going to break up, but you just know they're never going to break up. And, yeah, Dame is like the, that person in the partnership who's like, I swear, if they don't get a job and start pulling their weight around yeah. here, I am out. That's it. I'm if done. You, if you don't stop going out on Friday nights, I'm done. If you don't stop coming home drunk every night, I swear to God, I am gonna. I am leaving. And they just never do. He's not going anywhere, man. I've had enough of this. He's not going anywhere. No, you haven't. You haven't. Emil <laughs> uh, Fragoso joins us in studio to talk Niners next. Sacktown Sports. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Earlier today, the newest Sacramento Kings spoke with media members at Golden One Center. The press conference included welcoming guard Colby Jones. What's up, Sacramento? It's Colby here. Um, first day here. Really excited. Ready to get to work. And forward Jalen Slauson. What's up, Kings fans? Jalen Slauson. Uh, just touched down in Sacramento a little while ago. I'm excited to get to work. Can't wait to can't wait to meet y'all. Like the bean, baby. For more on their coronation, check out SacktownSports.com. And, of course, pull up your Sacktown Sports app for the latest Kings news and notes, leading you right up until summer free agency. And lastly, Sacramento Kings associate head coach Jordy Fernandez has accepted assignment leading the Canadian national basketball team. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back in to Cattles and Rami. Your afternoon home for Kings talk and more. This is Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Emil Fragoso joins us here in studio. Cattles and Rami, Sacktown Sports on this Tuesday. Folsom Lake Honda Hotline brings you all the guests. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop shop. I hate okay. you. I waited. We made <laughs> eye contact. I set you up, and you, you still suck. And Simone, you're not much better. Both of you. I can't stand either of you. I'm so ready for this segment. So happy to have Emil in, and we're going to nail it this time. Let's do it. One-stop Honda shop. Ooh, Emil, too? Yes. Want to try again? Yeah. No. From the top, please. Ever again. (laughs) I don't ever want to try again. I just just literally put the olive branch out on the table for both of you, and you stunk it up. These things don't just happen overnight, man. It hasn't been overnight. overnight <laughs> it's been several several shows. Need reps. All right, we'll get, get back. The reps uh, in. We'll get back to the You're Kings. Stop Honda shop, and maybe we'll slide a little Kings into uh, the talk here, especially later in the hour. Gonna learn today with the mill. But uh, let's talk Niners. Yeah, Emil, Another positive update on Brock Purdy yesterday. Honestly, I've just given up. <laughs> I, I'm not paying attention to these day-to-day, blow-by-blow. I mean, I, I see the stories because it's my job, and I'm paying attention, but I'm fatigued. I, I don't need to talk about every single solitary step in this rehab process for Brock. I know you got to write about it. It's good for you. But h- how confident do you think the Niners are that he's going to be ready for week one? 75% chance, I would say. They're, 75% chance. They're, they're more optimistic than not right now, especially because he's – going along the steps and each one that he, he is, he planned out that he was going to go to Jacksonville and do this throwing program back at OTAs and we were talking to him. He knew right. we were going to do this. So this is not really a surprise. It's just news to report. Um, he's going to go down and, and, hang, and hang out with some throwing coaches, some orthopedic specialists who know how to come back from this injury. He's spoken with Nick Mullins about recovering from this injury, who's also had the surgery, the UCL surgery. And so everything's going well. And so all the updates you're seeing right now, it's really just 
he said, she said. Like, it, there's nothing really new. It's just he's going along the steps until we get to training camp. I I hadn't thought of this point before. Maybe it's a move point now because of what you just said about Brock Purdy and when he'll be ready. But I think it was Adam Schefter who said, you know, the 49ers went out and got Sam Darnold on day one yeah. of free agency, mm-hmm. which, which says something. And I, I didn't think about it when they did it, but – when Adam Schefter said it, I was like, oh, yeah. like Because usually with a backup quarterback, you'll just – I mean, a lot of times teams will just take who falls in mm-hmm. their lap, you yeah. know what I mean, and then yeah. work it out. They wanted Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. which to me is a really bad sign in some writing on the wall for Trey Lance that I didn't see personally until Adam Schefter framed it that way. I wasn't a fan of it at first because I want to see Trey Lance succeed. I want to see him given a chance. I mean, he said four starts. Like, you can't write him off yet. Yeah. I, I, he's 21 years old. The kid's a, he's a kid. Yeah. Like, you got to give him some chance in his maturity level and everything. The intangibles are off the charts. It's just, can he be accurate? Can he be consistent? All that great stuff. Now, Darnold is still, in my, in my eyes, behind the eight ball in terms of being the starter because of just learning the offense still. He's new. Trey mm-hmm. Lance has been there since 2021. He knows the offense better. He knows what Kyle wants, all that stuff. But they signed him for a reason. They signed him to be a, to play a backup because they don't want to have a situation like last year where they have to rely on a seventh round Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy and yeah. just get lucky that this like it was luck. It's luck that this happened. Yeah, they, they can say all they want that it was planned and we knew he was going to be this guy. No, that's all. That's all bull jive. It was luck that he became the player that he is right now and he performed the way he is. And so their their contingency plan was to have another guy in Sam Darnold with a. Very heavy incentivized contract that if he has to play, he'll get his money. Otherwise, he won't. Emil Fergoso with us here in studio. Were you surprised? Because part of that Schefter report was that there was absolutely zero interest in Lance around the league. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you think that's more nobody was willing to pay the price that the Niners wanted or nobody was willing to pay anything for this young man? Nobody wanted to pay the price. Okay. Because the price is probably a low-end first round, a high-end second-round pick. Which is outrageous. The guy was selected third overall. I understand that. Like, he's also two played four ago. games in his career. I get it, but he's still really young, and he's still a developmental project and has all these intent. He's a great kid, all this great stuff. Yeah, but the Niners have to make his, his option decision here at the end of this year. They do. They, they've got to make a decision by May whether or not they want him for a fifth year. Which is why it's this training camp is going to dictate what happens with him. He's done. He probably is. We don't we Not just in the don't NFL, know. but no. I, I, th- I, think he's, I think he's done with San Francisco. It just depends on how he responds. Again, they love what he's doing in training camp. They love what he's doing in OTAs and minicamp, all that great stuff. It just depends on can he beat out Sam for that one spot in training camp. But shouldn't it come down to can he beat out Brock? Yeah, it should. But, again, Brock is cautiously optimistic that he's going to be able to be in training camp. Yeah, He'll be probably cleared by week one, but then it takes some time to get into throwing regime and gets time into game shape. Because I wonder. I don't know, Rami. I wonder if would the Niners pick up that 50-year option they they can't if they think he's going to be a QB too. You don't no. you don't pick up that option for a backup. That's no. what I mean. Like if he can't beat out Brock Purdy, then what's the point? Yeah, you're not picking up that option if he can't beat out if or if, yeah. And I don't think he's he's getting he's going to get a shot to beat out Brock Purdy. Quite no. frankly, I th- I think Brock Purdy would have to fall flat on his face or get hurt again for Trey Lance to get any real shot. And even even if that were to happen to Meal, we might be looking at Sam Darnold and, and Trey Lance watching from the sideline. It's it's entirely possible. I do think Trey Lance would get the the nod over Sam right now if it was like right now we're in week one or whatever. I do think, because I've been asked this a couple times, I think Brock Purdy does have a short leash when he comes back hmm. to succeed. It, it's not like super short, like one, two games, but like a month, 
you got a month, and if you're not the same guy, we gotta we gotta move on to the next guy in the rotation because of their aspirations for this year. I mean, the rest of the roster is Super Bowl ready, except for the cornerback concerns. And so, if Brock doesn't come out to be the same guy he was last year, it might be next next man up, and that could be Trey Lance, it could be Sam Darnold. Emil uh, Fergoso with us. You know, I, I was looking at some of these reports and and. We're going to talk about it yesterday, but we never got to it because we were knee-deep in King's talk. Mm-hmm. But Mike Florio came out recently and oh, said gosh. that there's going to be this tug-of-war between the Rams and the Niners for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I know some people might throw up in their mouth over that, but if Trey Lance, again, doesn't prove that he's better than Brock Purdy, sure, and Brock Purdy falls back to earth and looks like Mr. Irrelevant at some point this year, mm-hmm. is Kirk Cousins not a bad option? He's probably a better. I can't believe I'm saying this. He's probably a better option than they, than they have, like in terms of like being at least healthy and steady. I mean, he's missed two games in five years in Minnesota. Like he, he's incredibly durable, incredibly reliable in terms of just being active. Now you can go back and forth on what Kirk Cousins actually brings to your roster. He's got a winning record and has won three and has three Pro Bowl selections with, with the Minnesota Vikings. So there's at least that he's at least a proven quarterback, an above average quarterback that can probably get the job done the same way Stafford did for the Rams. And some would say, oh, well, he's got Justin Jefferson. He's got these weapons. But honestly, if you look at the Niners, they've got plenty of weapons. There's no doubt about that skill position set that they've got. Uh, They've got a tremendous amount of depth. The Milford so in studio here with Cattles and Rami on this Tuesday. We'll continue to talk about the Niners. Also want to get a Mills thoughts on the Kings before we get to free agency on Friday. All that coming up next. One brings Makloff magic, while the other, hmm, we're still trying to figure that out. Paddles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right, Emil, I want to jump to some Kings talk in a couple minutes. All right. Because you came in and you said, I got Kings takes too. So. <laughs> and the Kings at. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what Kings takes you have before we get to free agency on Friday. No worries. Aside from the right side of the offensive line, what could go wrong offensively? <laughs> McCaffrey gets hurt week one, week two. Oof. Like, that, that, that's the reality. Like, McCaffrey has only had one year in the last four years where he's been fully healthy, and that was last year. Mm. Like, history is not on his side in terms of this stuff. Now, I will say the Niners' facilities are much more top-tier than anything in Carolina, especially the field because it was turf to grass. And that, that's really benefited him. And, and I think the way he takes care of his body is a little bit different than he used to because he kind of does it like an Olympic sprinter. It's His workouts are kind of insane, actually. So I, I think that's a plus. But then again, it's the Niners, and it feels like an accident waiting to happen sometimes. And we've seen the running back position be a problem for the 49ers in terms of staying healthy before it was yeah. Christian Yeah, let me McCaffrey. jump in because I want to add to this note quick, Rami. Yeah, go ahead. Grant Cohen tweeted this out earlier today. <laughs> the Niners starting running back yeah. has gotten injured before week three in each of the past five seasons. This is correct. Does Kyle Shanahan change anything about the way that he handles his running backs or to in any way take the load off Christian McCaffrey to make sure he's healthy come week 17 in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the point is is making sure he's healthy to go for the playoffs. And that's going to hopefully be 15 to 20 touches a game is probably his ideal number for McCaffrey. Sprinkle some J.P. Mason, let Elijah Mitchell get going. And who knows? There might be another guy that comes up. through the, wa- the waiver wire, through free agency, you know the Niners always find these running backs that just end up being good. I don't. It's they kind of have like a, a hidden gem, and I don't know how they do it. I really don't know. Every well, year, is it the back or is it the system? A little bit of both, but I mean, JP- yeah, I could say the same thing about other teams too. Like I will tell you from yeah. personal experience, the Patriots mm-hmm. could crank out running backs like nobody's business and make yeah. them look great. So. True. 
is it the is it the offense, the system, the scheme, the play calling? I think not with CMC. I mean, CMC, everybody knew he's yeah. he's fantastic. But some of these other guys that they've brought in, true, could but, be the system. But like JP Mason, undrafted free agent. You know how unlikely it is for for a guy like that to to make the roster, to be undrafted free agent, and to beat out Trey Sherman and beat out Elijah Mitchell for basically running back two touches. Like it's a big deal. Well, one just won a Super Bowl in Kansas City, so yes, he did. I, I think you know the running back position to me is. It is what it is. And I know all the running backs are getting huffy and puffy about having no market, but that's the position you chose. That's the way it is. The running back market is always going to be a market that doesn't get you much money. Do you think with that depth at that position, we've seen the end of the – man, it's been so long since they used them there. What is it, the wide back position for for Debo (laughs) The Debo wide back. Have have we seen the end of that? Hopefully. (sighs) I don't know. I think Baron Ayuk is, can can make a case for your wide receiver one and Debo playing that Ayuk or playing that that wide back spot that kind of that X factor role is going to be a big deal. Kyle loves to run these creative plays, especially with McCaffrey playing slot. If you gave up too yeah. much and you pay him too much money, yeah. run CMC to have Debo go out there and play running back like that. Did they give too much really though? Like think about really they didn't give a first yes. round pick or a second round pick they, they gave they, up a lot they, they eh. gave up a lot for the running back position for, i, I what, still he, stand by that he's not even a, i think he's an offensive weapon the same way debo's an offensive weapon he's not just a running back yeah i, I think they gave up a little bit too much but there's no there's no reason to relitigate what happened a that's long fair. time ago that's fair uh nick bosa when's this getting done this extension can, can we get this done soon or are we going to be dragging this along no history says it'll get done soon before training camp you look at last year at debo's contract he was holding out then got it done right right around training camp Nick is a little bit different. Obviously, he's going to be the highest paid player um, in NFL defensive history. That's just what's going to happen here. And the Niners would be foolish not to pay him this money. What are they going to do? Let him walk? <laughs> they're not, nah, let, they're not letting Nick Bosa walk. <laughs> dude's ridiculous. Dude, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's. And the one thing with Nick this year that's really, really interesting is that he's taking more days off in this offseason. He's kind of a workaholic, the same way McCaffrey is. But this year, he's focusing on recharging his body and getting ready, not for an 18 week season, but for a 22 week season which means deep into the playoffs, deep into the postseason. And so that's key. And so I think the Niners appreciate that and they respect that. And it's going to end up being, like you said, he's going to get what he deserves. I mean, can he – you you see the talk of they, they get Hargrave and, and now you have a little more depth on, on, the, on the defensive line mm-hmm. and some guys, people have – other offenses have to pay attention to. Is there another level out of Nick Bosa or do you think they're hoping that, well, teams are going to throw two and three – blockers uh, at him so but so now we have Javon Hargrave to do some damage is, yeah. that, is that more the plan than getting more out of Bosa than what they've gotten the plan is to, is to get Nick Bosa off double teams and Javon Hargrave will get Nick Bosa off double yeah. teams yeah. that's the whole point is you can no longer double team it with Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave in the, in the interior and Drake Jackson on the outside with Nick Bosa good luck to you guys good luck to offensive lines everywhere because it's going to be hell all year long you know Drake Jackson's a guy that has to get going this year. Mm-hmm. And I hope people don't kind of give him a pass if Hargrave's playing well and Bosa's playing well and Armstead's back healthy and all those things are happening. Let's not forget Jackson was a second-round pick, you know, back in 22. He, he's yep. somebody everybody's talked about how he's put muscle on and he looks great. And I, I still feel like I feel about most of these stories in the offseason and during mandatory minicamp and OTAs. Show me when you're playing actual football. Mm-hmm. Like we can sit here and we can wax poetic about Trey Lance's mechanics all day, but you know he doesn't have anybody running after him. It's, yeah. it's easier to think about your mechanics and execute your mechanics when you don't have a pass rush. Mm-hmm. So you know, let let me see what Drake Jackson looks like when he has actual competition across from him, and then I'll say whether or not 
I believe in this. Oh, he's he's buffed up. All right, last one for mm. you before we move to the Kings. Yeah. Multiple off-season ranking lists. It's list season, Rami, right? Mm-hmm. They have San Francisco, and if you, it, one of the themes that I've seen is that they haven't been very impressed with, with the Niners' off-season. And I saw, like, the Athletics said what? That it was a bad off-season? It was an off-season? Losers. 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 Losers of the off-season. Mm-hmm. Hargrave was great, but do you think they did enough? In terms of adding depth, probably not, and that just comes with over the year. Over the year, hopefully they can find more pieces and someone shines and comes through. But in terms of adding top end talent, I mean they exceed expectations. No one expected the Niners to get Javon Hargrave, the top defensive tackle in the free agent class this year. They went above and beyond to get guys that can help right now to win yeah. a Super Bowl. And while all the quarterback injury concerns are real, that's real. They believe they have three guys that can start that can start for them. Whether fans believe it or not, whether you believe it or not, they believe they have three quarterbacks that can start for them, and then in due time, it'll work itself out, and they'll have the right guy in place. So what do you think Monty has up his sleeve? McNair? Yes. Well, I'm going to do my wind horse pointing fingers thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, get, the, get the gifts ready. <laughs> Kelly Olenek. There it is, right there. Thank you, Kyle. No, not Kelly Olenek. Please, please, no. Um... Chris Middleton should be a name to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm out on him. I know, I understand. I get it. I get it. But Chris Middleton on this team actually helps them and actually provides a role. You you can't lie here that Chris Middleton is not an upgrade over Harrison Barnes. Yeah. No, he's a definite upgrade. Agreed. No doubt about that. He also shares yeah. a birthday with me, as I said yesterday. So that's yes. that's got he's got something going for him. But Middleton, yeah. I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm worried about his knees. I get it. He's going to be 32. It. Would you rather pay my Ku- birthday? Would you rather pay Kuzma the, the, the twenty five to thirty million dollars than pay Chris? I'll save that in the back pocket because Rami and I got to talk about Kuzma in about eight minutes. That's fair. So I'll tease that. But mm-hmm. I just you know Middleton with the knee. Um, I I don't think he's capable to be a very good defender as he ages. Uh, I just I I got concerns, and I think you're gonna have to just dump a boatload of money onto the table for him. Yeah, because you got to wrestle him away from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee knows Giannis is coming up on his contract. Yeah, Drew's getting older. You know, Holiday has said that this is going to be his last deal. He's going to retire after he's done with this contract. Mm-hmm. Lopez might be going out the back door. Yeah, you got to hold on to Middleton. So I think Milwaukee's going to be willing to give Middleton as much as he wants. And so, a, I don't think he's leaving Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't but B, either. yeah, I just I don't think you can get into a bidding war for a guy who might be on the decline. You know, for Milwaukee, yeah, it's a I worthwhile it. risk because of Giannis and, and trying to keep him, and, yeah. and you could run it back and maybe win a championship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having him be your one gigantic swing, a lot of concerns for me about age and, and injury and health and, and how he's going to be able to hold up yeah. as he ages to 33, 34, 35. I get that. I think the worst thing that the Kings can do is just go out and overspend on somebody. And I know, look, I understand. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since they've been in this position. They're in a great position. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing they can do is go out and pay a dude like $40 million who really deserves 25 Yeah. Or paying somebody 35 who deserves, you know, 25 You know, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Worst thing, you don't go – don't be desperate. They're, they're not no. in a position to be desperate. They've got the third most cap space. They won almost 50 games this year. I'm wearing their T-shirt today. I mean, they're they're in a good spot, and, yeah. and I would Nick not Cattles be desperate. Is wearing your T-shirt, you're right. in a good spot. Hey, one and zero, one and zero in the playoffs when I wore this T-shirt. Just want to look at that. Just want to make sure that y'all know that one and zero in the playoffs. We're proud of you. Yeah. All right, Emil. Yeah, good catching up with you, my man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. When's training camp? 
we don't know the exact dates yet, but late July, early August. Yeah, like last week of July, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, Emil joined us. Don't forget, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Uh, always great to catch up with you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Good stuff as always. And uh, Emil just asked me about Kyle Kuzma. And coming up next, Rami and I will talk about that. And we've got a question for you. Would you be okay if Kuzma was the Kings' big swing this offseason?